Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 19 of the Make and Decorate podcast with Stephanie Socha Design. I'm Stephanie, and thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited about today's show because I have a super guest that uh, you definitely probably have heard of. And if you listen to my show, you have heard me talk about her many times. So I've got Sarah Lawson from So Sweetness. But before we get into that, I'm just going to do my usual opening uh, segment. And uh, we are in late January and I am in Chicago and we are now in our kind of typical January winter Arctic weather. I mean, we have got a huge polar Arctic um I don't know what you call it in the weather terms, but it is freezing. Today, it's minus four degrees. And that is not just the wind chill. The wind chill is going to be even lower. So it is freezing. Brr. Okay, <laughs> got that out of the way. Okay, I just have to insert this after the fact. It is now Tuesday, January 29th, two days before the podcast um, publishes. And... The whole Midwest, half of the country is in this deep freeze and um, everything is like come to a halt. Uh, people, even businesses have closed down. Um, the next couple of days, Wednesday and Thursday, are going to be the coldest. It has been in a very, very long time and we are plummeting into like, you know, negative 50, minus 50 wind chill and definitely negative real temperatures. So to everyone out there, Please stay safe, stay warm, and don't go out if you don't need to, and pull out your sewing machines and make something. All right. Those of you who live in the northern climates know what I'm talking about. Oh, my. But the one positive is that we're in the end of January, and I think we've gained about a half hour of our daylight back. <laughs> I so keep track of that because that's really the main thing of winter that is a drag for me is losing the daylight. I definitely have that seasonal affective disorder, whatever it's called, the sad, the sad thing when there's not enough sunlight out <laughs> throughout the day. When it gets dark, I don't know, it just feels so much later and I get sleepy and it's only what, six o'clock? What is going on? Okay, so that's that's all about that. Uh, so sewing wise, I really have not done that much in the last week because I just hadn't been feeling well. I uh, was sick earlier this week and thank goodness I'm feeling a little bit better now. So um, actually a lot better. <laughs> uh, just have some remnants of some sinus, uh, sinusitis stuff going on here. But anyway, um yeah, so not, I, I haven't even been in my sewing room studio for the last week, which is crazy. 
I'm anxious to get back in here and and get going on stuff. Uh, But I did finish finally my first Amigurumi project that um, Sugary Doos Puck the Penguin. And I will take pictures and post that finally in my show notes. Uh, So that was fun. I think I definitely will make um, some more of those. Um, So what else? Um, Oh, I finally also uh, got a new phone and um, I, I, I hung on to my old phone as long as possible. I had, I mean, having the same phone for four years is quite a long time. And, uh, you know, these tech companies are hilarious when they start calling a model uh, vintage when it's only, a you know, a few years old. So... <laughs> And, and it's crazy. It's just, it's such a, I don't know. I want to call it a racket because if they would still support the software on it, someone could really have their phone for at least 10 years, right? Come on now. So anyway, I upgraded and um, I did not get the phone that I really wanted because it was way too expensive. It's crazy. But Um, I got the, um, I'll tell you what I got. I got the iPhone XR. And uh, of course, I did my research because you guys know that's what I do. And um, I I watched some YouTube videos. I've talked to people and um, also talked extensively with the Apple rep before I made the purchase. And uh, the, the XR phone is a much better deal than the X. And the XS. Um, however, the XS is bigger, which I I had the 6S Plus. So that was even bigger than this XR just by a little bit, but I enough that I notice it. So it's kind of like a transition. But um, definitely the um, it, it's definitely an upgrade. And um, it, what's interesting is that it has the same, um, I don't know what technical terms you call it, but the processor um, speed, or, you know, the same, you know, inside as far as what runs the phone. Um, it also has the same camera on the back. It's just missing. There is now a second camera on the back that you can take portrait mode photographs where it sort of blurs the background and the foreground is clear. Um, I think they call it like um, the bokeh effect <laughs> or the the bokeh. Um, oh, my gosh. It's like all of these terms. I know. Now I'm sounding old, aren't I? Oh, my gosh. A filter. <laughs> That's what I was starting to think of. Boca filter. Uh, and so it's got the portrait on the front, which is pretty cool. Uh, but that's so that's missing on the phone in the back as far as camera goes. But and then there's a very slight difference in uh, the screen display. And I looked at them side by side. And the the iPhone X Plus has this true black color, yada, yada, yada. It's, it's there, it exists. And I see the difference when they're side by side, but it's still so not that obvious. (laughs) 
you got really, if you had to really be looking and studying it to tell the difference. So for that reason, it really, I, I think the XR is probably going to be one of their top selling phones because it's so much more affordable and they have this limited time trade in for the, um, my model of the phone that I had, the 6S Plus. So, um, yeah, so it just it just made sense, and I was able to get a, a very nice, very nice price with it. Um, and so far, so good. Because um, what's amazing about it is that you just immediately, you know, your backup. Because I have the cloud backup, and it just transferred everything over. And it when I opened the phone, it looked like my old phone screen, just in a different, <laughs> different, uh, you know, hardware. So. There was, there was not, there's just a little learning curve because there's no more home button. So there's a lot of swiping up to switch between applications. But anyway, I'm going way too far into detail about this silly iPhone. But that's just what's been new in the last week or so. Uh, so, um, let's get, let's get into this, uh, this episode with Sarah Lawson. Um, I've got Sarah Lawson who is a, pattern, a bag pattern designer and business owner uh, of So Sweetness. And uh, I will have links to her website and um, everything that we talk about in the episode. Uh, she's a wonderful person and um, just uh, very generous. And she has free patterns to get you started if you want to try out one of her patterns before committing to purchasing. And on her online shop, she um, provides a lot of uh, supplies that you may need in order to make some of her bags. But what I love about her patterns and her style and technique is that uh, she doesn't really, you know, make you buy all of these like, you know, one time use type of tools or, or notions. I mean, she uses the same notions over and over again. And um, yeah, so it's it's really great. Um, I love the way that she designs her patterns and offers um, the cork fabric in her shop and so forth. So um, I hope you enjoy it. And here is my conversation with Sarah Lawson with So Sweetness Patterns. I'm so excited to have Sarah Lawson of So Sweetness Patterns on my show today. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, uh, you have, well, you do have an idea because I keep telling you I'm so excited to have you on my show. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're here. I'm so excited. Yay. So um, I, you know, you have a ton of followers and stuff. And I know you've told your story a lot, but I just, you know, there's always someone out there that may not have heard of you. So if you want to just, just start with your, just your creative background and how you got into sewing real quickly and okay sure yeah um my my pattern company is called so sweetness i'm from chicago illinois and i started um in september 2010 it just started as a blog it was just supposed to be something fun and a place where i can show um as as i was learning to sew again as an adult so i could show off little simple projects every week that i was making for my kids um, like simple burp cloths, like that's basically the extent of my skill when I started sewing again as an adult. And um, I had a friend who had a weekly every Friday, like a linky party, which meant people posted photos of 
whatever they sewed that week. And so um, Friday morning, I would get up and I'd be really excited to post the picture of what I had made that week. And it was usually something really simple, like a little top for my daughter or um, shorts for my son or, or, or whatnot. And I found that I was making more and more bags. And I was really influenced by Amy Butler's book called Style Stitches. And it was all handbag sewing patterns. And um, that really interested me, even though I tried quilts as well. Um, I was really interested in the bags. And so um, I'm not sure how we got connected, but I um, was contacted by someone from Pelon. And I ended up writing several free bag patterns for Pelon. But um, in the process of writing those patterns, I realized I, I liked doing it. And obviously, when you first start doing something new, you know, you're um, the, the early patterns are always the roughest, not that they weren't good, but um, I feel like I've honed my skills since then. And uh, yeah, it all started with um, style stitches and um, working with Pelon at the very beginning. Oh, that's cool. So, I mean, I kind of, I knew you, you started um, in 2010 and you had your blog, but I didn't know you had the Pelon um, connection and wrote patterns for them. That's really interesting. And I think too, that when you start doing that, it, like you said, you start honing your skills because you just, you know, you're, you're starting to write your patterns and when you write them, you're, you're making them and just being able to kind of just get better and better as you keep doing it. Um and then uh, your so you started in 2010. So you started sewing when, you know, blogs were just kind of, you know, have been around, which is nice, because you kind of had that, um, th- that community has already been started out there. When I started sewing, like, you know, years before that, there was like nothing. So I think that's why I kind of like, sort of went on and off of it because I just didn't have that connection <laughs> like we do now. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like that that time was sort of like almost the sweet sweet spot for blogging. Like um, people were leaving lots of comments on blog posts and um, it was all about like who you were following blog wise. And I feel like it's sort of tapered off since then, but um, mm-hmm. getting in at that time certainly helped me um, I guess, get my name out a little bit in regards to the people that were reading blogs. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And, you know, Amy Butler was the first bag I ever made, too. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And um, so what did you say your first pattern was the dot dot dash bag? Was that? Yeah, that's not the first one I ever wrote, but oh, that's okay. that's the first one that I ever sold, uh, like for money. Um, up until oh. that time, I'd written a bunch of free patterns. Which, um, speaking on Pelon again, it was great having a chance to sort of practice by writing the free patterns. And it wasn't till I think I wrote twelve free patterns for Pelon, and then I worked on my book before I even started selling patterns on my website. So it was a great oh. chance with with the free patterns to see what worked and what didn't as far as like my writing style and how I like put the steps together and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And what about making bags? Um, Do you really like, you know, you found like, this is my niche, and I'm really good at this. And I love to do this. What what about that made you feel that way? I feel like I really enjoy figuring things out or making things on a three dimensional level. Like I've, I've tried in the past many times to, to write a quilt pattern, and it just never 
I don't feel like I have any ideas come to me. I feel like I have a hard time writing the patterns, but when I'm writing a bag pattern, I, I more or less put myself in the mind frame of, okay, if somebody's here in person and sitting next to me and I'm teaching them how to make a bag, what would I say so that that, so that they would understand the step? And that's how I try to write the patterns mm-hmm. in words. And so I, I guess that's the part that I enjoyed about making bags and also that they're sort of in relation to quilts, at least they're much quicker of a project. Generally, you can, depending on the complexity of the bag, you could finish a bag in a day and then have something to be excited about finishing and be proud of. So I liked that about making bags as well. Yeah, I do too. And I do a lot of quilt making and um, I specifically love to just take a break from it and um, I need a fast finish, but I yeah. So I I take a break and I make your bags. So I love it because you feel I feel a really sense of accomplishment and fulfillment mm-hmm. and like my creative juices. I, it also for me like switching from one type of sewing to the other just um it it just restokes my creative you know inspiration um because you're just doing you're using different skills and and but you're still creating and you're still making um, yeah and you're also you're also almost using different fabrics Mm -hmm. at times because in a quilt you're cutting up pieces often into really small bits and in a bag it gives you a chance to use larger prints if you want Um, but it's almost like different fabric choices which which can be exciting to move from a quilt to making a bag and having more options as far as prints and um, scale and all that. Right. And and speaking of fabrics, there's there's a new type of fabric, which I learned from you introducing it. And now it's like all the rage everywhere is the cork fabric. And it's like a vinyl, but it's not. It's natural. You can explain it. Oh, yeah, sure. So it's um, the cork fabric is generally produced in Portugal. At least that's where we get ours that we sell. And it's harvested from the cork oak trees. And how they harvest it is they have sort of a blade that's shaped like a U. So they more or less drag that blade down the tree and remove the the outer layer. And, and actually, when they harvest the cork, it doesn't kill the tree, but it actually encourages encourages the tree to flourish. So um, the, the cork that they take from the trees is actually bonded to um, a backing fabric. And the backing fabric... Um, is a cork and polyester blend. So it's like a flexible fabric. It's not stiff like what you think of um, like boards that you would tack thumbtacks on. It's not that type of cork, but it's really nice to sew with and it's flexible. And we have, um, there's lots of different color and print options available. So it's a nice, like you mentioned, it's a nice alternative to leather because some people um, like using natural products and not things derived from animals. So it just gives another option and it, it it almost makes the projects look a little bit more high end and and unique and special because it's not something that you see everywhere. It's true. It really does elevate the looks of the bags. And um, from a practical standpoint, um, you know, you you place it, um, you know, sometimes towards the bottom of the bags where um, it it helps to keep. You know, it's it's easily um, maintainable because you could just wipe it. Oh, that's true. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and I don't know, I find that it's like fairly easy to sew with. It's really, it's not sticky like vinyl. And it doesn't have the um, awkward thickness of some leathers. So um, and I, I feel like it's really a fun um, fabric to, to sew with. Yeah, I know. I know it's a little bit more expensive than a quilting cotton, but 
Um, I feel like in a lot of projects, a little goes a long way. Like what you mentioned, you could just use it on the bottom panel of the bag or Mm -hmm. with, you know, as some accents or straps, and then you can mix in, you know, your favorite quilting cottons with it if you want. So there's a lot of options for sewing with it. Yeah, I love it. It's fun. And I think because it is really easy to sew and it looks so impressive. Um, I, I get remarks all the time with my made bags. Um, and when I say it's cork, like it's, you know, the people in like the real non-sewing world out there don't even know about it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's funny. So, it's fun. I know. <laughs> and, then, and then just last week I was at the dog park and um, at your retreat, we, we made that um, satellite bag and it's like a messenger style and I love it. And I, it, I specifically use it to, you know, when I, go out with my dog because I can be hands-free and sling it over my shoulder. And someone at the dog park was like, oh my gosh, where'd you get that bag? And I said, I made it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best feeling, isn't it? (laughs) It is. It really is. Yeah. So it's pretty impressive that um, people just can't believe it. But I also attribute that to your patterns because I've sewn some bag patterns that I I wasn't really even that happy with because it just didn't have the structure and didn't really look like, I mean, it kind of looked like it was, you know, homemade. So your bags, you pay attention to that. You, you pay attention to stabilizing and they all really do look like they could be like on the racks of, of you know, high-end stores. Well, thank you. That's a huge compliment. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And I think that we should probably just talk a little bit about stabilizers because that's another thing that I learned from you is about stabilizing for bags because it's totally different than, you know, like, I, I mean, I the only stabilizers I ever knew about were just, um, you know, stabilizing for clothing, you know, when you mm-hmm. stabilize collars or, you know, the the fronts of the shirts or whatever. Or even with embroidery, you know, there's different stabilizers that you use for that. But bag making has its own, you know, kind of set of notions of stabilizers. So um, I think, um, I mean, I'll list the ones and you can just kind of talk about those. But the basic ones that you always need are like a woven stabilizer fabric stabilizer and it's fusible. And you usually also use some sort of a foam. Mm-hmm. And... Um, what else? Oh, sometimes you use a real stiff um, stabilizer for like the bottom of a bag. But yes. um, go ahead and talk about those. Okay, sure. Um, so the one that I use in pretty much every single lining, and I, I do tend to use a lot of quilting cottons in my bags, but I use the um, medium weight uh, medium weight woven interfacing and Pellon Shape Flex is, is a common one that's widely available. And that's just a fusible that is fused to the lining fabric to give it a little bit more body and make it more substantial so it can hold up to being used over time. Um, I'll also use that for straps and other things. But yeah, you mentioned the foam. I do use foam on a lot of bags. I like the structure and the foam interfacing helps the bag stand up on its own so that it looks really nice and professional. And there's a lot of different um, brands out there that make foam interfacing, but Pellon makes one that's called Flex Foam. Um, They have a sew-in foam. They have a single-sided fusible, and they have a double-sided fusible. Bozel has the same three types, and Bozel's um, product is called Bozel Interform. And then by Annie Soft and Stable is another brand, and that's a sew-in only. Um, Automotive headliner fabric is is another option, especially for people in different countries that don't necessarily have access 
um, to the same products that we do here in the United States. Um, and then you mentioned a stiffer product, which is really good for um, the bottom of a bag. So the bat, depending on the design of the bag, so the um, bottom doesn't bow down under the weight of whatever you're going to be putting in the finished bag. And a couple options for that is Pellon Peltex. And again, that's in a sew-in, a single-sided fusible and a double-sided fusible. And then um, Decoville makes a product called Decoville Heavy, which is a little bit thinner than Peltex, but still gives a really good thickness. So there's, you know, depending on what country you live in, there's tons of different options. Um, and I feel like there's n- not a right or wrong in regards to interfacing, but um, if possible, it's always good to at least start off with the suggested interfacing in the pattern to see how you like it. And then you can make your own personal adjustments going forward if you find that you like um, a stiffer bag or, or a different component in your bag. But um, not every interfacing will work as a replacement for every other interfacing. So that's why I mentioned it's good to stick with the rec- recommendations first before you go off on your own and uh, mix it up a little bit in regards to your interfacing choices. So true. I <laughs> I like the um, by Annie's soft and stable when I can. Um, but I I did I was out of it and I, I just you know, for a time I ordered the on Amazon the Pellon and I didn't realize that it was the fusible and I made your um the bag that has the darts in the front. Um the airplane bag or the no, Oreo bag? Oreo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I made that and then I was pressing it not knowing that there was fusible and all these wrinkles appeared and I was like, Oh my gosh, no, no. Oh no. <laughs> But I re- I know that if you reheat fusible, it'll loosen up. So I just did that. I just like oh okay reheated Good. it and I peeled my fabric up and then I I like just meticulously pressed, knowing now that I knew that there was fusible in there and it ended up working <laughs> out. But that's one of those instances where you have to, you really kind of like pay attention to <laughs> what you're using. <laughs> Yeah, there's many times where I've used an interfacing to my ironing board. So one of those things that just happens sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. So and then another thing that I learned, I mean, you know, people, I'm not the only one, but I'm just going off my experience is just that I have learned so much. I've I started sewing your bags. Well, my first sew sweetness bag was the aeroplane bag in 2015. And that was before you started doing videos. And um, that was my first, you know, experience in even using those types of stabilizers. I did okay. I mean, I still, you know, bring that bag everywhere and um, get compliments on it. But the part, there was a couple of challenging parts. And now your videos, I, I can breeze through that. But I've learned so much. And you, you are a very good teacher. And you're very generous that way. And I just think that it just, you know, really makes people want to keep, you know, buying your patterns and making them because they're doable. And you say that on all your videos, if you can do it, so, so if I can do it, so can you. (laughs) Um, But um, hardware, that's another thing that you introduced. And I was always intimidated by hardware, but it's really not that hard. I mean, I was like, really, this is it? Yeah. What was I afraid of? But you do very good tutorials and, um, you know, anything from like the magnet snaps to the, um, the, 
the adjustable sliders, I don't know why I was always intimidated by those. So I just never bothered to do a pattern with them in it. But now they're they're really easy. They're not that hard. It's yeah. just mm-hmm. a step-by-step process and you really clearly show that. So um, what, what, I mean, for hardware-wise, um, what are your t- favorite types of hardware to use? Well, you mentioned the sliders and that's commonly used to make a, a strap adjustable, which just about everybody likes because then you can wear it crossbody or um, shorten the strap and just wear it on your shoulder, depending on how you're feeling that day. Or if you're wearing a winter coat and you need to, you know, have a longer strap for that. Um, Purse feet. Purse feet are probably the cheapest bit of purse hardware that you could buy. And they're so easy to put in. You just need to make a little slit through your fabric and the purse foot goes through the right side of the fabric. And there's two little prongs on the back that open up. So um, the cheapest and the easiest, and I and I feel like once people discover things like that, they want to put purse feet in every single bag because mm-hmm. they didn't realize it was so easy. And <laughs> and it and it's and it's true what you mentioned before. It's really not that hard once you do any type of purse hard for, hardware once or twice. Then it's kind of going forward almost a no brainer. You don't even have to think about it, which is the nice thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes the bags look so much better having. Um, a little bit of something extra as opposed to the whole bag, just all in fabric. Yeah, it does. It really adds a lot. And um, the other thing, too, is like on your videos, and this is why they're so good. And even in your patterns, you you have it illustrated out. But um, it's just you make a process of it, and it's so easy to learn. And people can just take off from there. Of Because I think it's when you don't know it yet, it's overwhelming. And you're like, where do I even put this? How do I measure? How do, mm-hmm. how is it going to be like, so it's not, you know, off center or anything. And you just put your quilting ruler down and you go down three inches and boom, it's like right there. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really cool. So I love that I learned about hardware and zippers. Um, so, and you carry a lot of this stuff in your shop um, that, which is nice too, because um, I think people love to be able to source the stuff for their bags from you um, and you sell zippers and um, a lot of zippers that are used in some of your like, oh, I don't know, like creative maker case and stuff like that. They need to be a little bit bigger and the double mm-hmm. the double zip pulls and stuff. So um, yeah. Generally, you could you could talk about it, but generally you use like a, a, a certain size zipper. But I think like there's only maybe like two different sizes that are used, and I kind of like that because you you try to keep it as practical and simple as possible, and then let people decide and take it from there if they want to get like super fancy or whatever and try other types of zippers and stuff like that. But talk about the two sizes that you most commonly use. Oh, yeah, sure. So the handbag zipper is, um, well, at least the zippers that we sell in our shop have the two pulls, but that's kind of optional. Obviously, it needs one pull at least. Um, and the handbag zippers, the really nice thing about that is the zipper tape is a little bit wider. So it's an inch and a quarter wide, which um, at least on my sewing machine, I don't need to use a zipper foot. I can just use my regular foot, which is really handy um, because it's a little mo- bit more stable while I'm sewing with it. And then the second common type of zipper that I use for bag making is a number three zipper, which is also known as a dress dress or skirt zipper. So that's got a little bit less wide of a zipper tape. I, I do use my zipper foot for sewing with that one, but it really just depends on the project. It's not that one zipper is better than the other. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, a, a pouch or a smaller zipper opening, I feel like is 
a little bit nicer looking or more practical with the the number three zipper as opposed to the handbag zipper. So yeah, again, it just depends on the project. Right. And then um, also too, like I just, before I started to order all these different sizes of zippers, nine, twelves, whatever, 20. And then I think in one of your shows, you had mentioned like, if you get like a, I don't know, a 30 inch zipper, it can usually fit most of, of your patterns and you just kind of cut them down to the size you need. Um, so that was a really helpful tip. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people think that you need the exact amount that is called for in the pattern. But like you said, you could always buy a 30 inch zipper and cut it down for a, I don't know if you need a 22 inch zipper. And it helps with stashing the zippers also because you don't need to buy a million different sizes. You can buy two or three different sizes in a wide range of colors and then always have the zipper color that you need instead of having to run out because that's really sort of like a buzzkill when you're in the middle of a project and you need it a certain zipper and you don't have it in the right color or the right size. Um, I just buy zippers in bulk so that I always have what I need so that I could just keep continuing on with the project instead of stopping. Yes, yes, I know. And, you know, it stopped me from buying because, you know, a lot sometimes the inside pockets are only neat. They only need seven or nine inch zippers. And then so many times I'm looking for a zipper, I find the right color and it's only nine inches long. And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that that was a really helpful tip for me just to order the longer zippers and very versatile. So I love that. Um I want to talk about um, the sewing machines that you use. Okay. So I use my main machine, and I have two machines. They're basically the same thing. But my main machine's a Juki TL2010Q. Um, and the other one that I have, again, it looks looks and acts the same as the Juki um, QVP2200 Mini. So they're both straight-stitch-only machines. Uh, my favorite part certainly about both of them is that it has an automatic threader and an automatic thread cutter, which is really handy. Um, I've certainly used sewing machines in the past that didn't have either. And then, you know, I felt like once I had these machines, it's like almost like you can't go back. So um, just a, a workhorse of a machine. Um, it's very heavy. It's made of metal. So it's heavy. It won't be rocking around when I'm, you know, making a a bag with a lot of layers on it. And um, it's basically sewn through anything that I throw at it. So um, very nice and reliable and um, just really fun to sew on. Yeah. And then when you do make quilts, that's a good machine to use as well, right? Yeah, I, I've only, you know, granted, I don't make quilts too often, but I have machine quilted a few quilts on it. And, um, you know, it, it does come with a table. I, I don't usually put the table on my machine, but um, the walking foot works great. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, just it'll it'll tackle any project. Yeah, I have the 2010Q as well. Um, and I, 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 I um, had it, I got it because all these quilters um, were using it and they were popping up everywhere. And then, um, then I saw you using it. And I'm like, that makes so much sense, because it really handles heavy duty fabrics really well. And I love that. Um, thread cutter in the foot pedal. I know some people don't like it, but I love it because it just, it just, it makes it so efficient to just keep going. And, um, it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And it's funny when I look on Instagram nine times out of 10, I don't know if it's just the people that I'm following, but generally when I see a sewing machine photo, um, it's usually a Juki, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's one of those word of mouth type of things. For sure. Definitely. Um, and then, uh, I, I kind of have been asking people because I love sewing machines and um, I, I'm asking people like, um, 
what what their dream machine would be if you ever ever have a dream machine that you wish for? Uh, you know what I've I've considered getting an industrial Juki in the past, and I always turn the idea down in my mind because I feel like as a pattern designer, I should be working with a you know a type of sewing machine that most people would have access to, or something similar at least a domestic machine. Mm-hmm. And um, I just feel like. Not that I don't trust myself. I I don't know. I just I just don't feel like I should be using an industrial machine to write my patterns. Just so if I have difficulty on my machine, I know, okay, maybe I need to change things up in the pattern because I want everybody to be able to sew this. And so um, I'm I'm super happy with my machines. I don't think I would. Um, they generally retail for around nine hundred dollars or so. I don't think I'd buy a more expensive one just because I. The ones that I have do everything that I need to have done. So (laughs) that's good to hear. And I agree. I think that it's good for you to have a machine that, uh, you know, is is familiar with a lot of people because it just, you know, keeps you sort of grounded to Mm -hmm. what what you're designing for. And I don't know, I think I've I've thought about industrials, too, but I, I kind of like just kind of didn't go that way either because it really... Um, the Juki 2010Q is what they call it a semi-industrial and it's, it's perfect. Um, And the industrials is only really, if you have, if you really are doing like volume sewing, I feel that you would really need that. Yeah, that makes sense. And also, I don't have room in my house for something like right. that. So, <laughs> and another turnoff for me is that you, it, these industrials take those huge oil pans or something underneath. I don't know. It just oh, seems, do they? Yeah, oh, I'm not too familiar with. I'm not too familiar with them, to be honest. I know. So, um, but that's cool. Okay, so um, let's talk about your Facebook group and your YouTube channel because I think this really, um, you know, you kind of. Um, developed this over the last what almost two years now is it yeah something uh, approximately your Facebook group has been around for a long long time because I joined it a long time ago and um, but then uh, you started doing videos maybe like a year and a half or two years ago Mm -hmm. so um, just um, I think let's just take it one at a time because I also have questions too about when you um, kind of did sort of launch into your videos because then that's when you added um, Danny um, and his technical (laughs) uh, (laughs) expertise to to the business. But um, your Facebook group came first, right? Yeah, the Facebook group, um, as far as I can remember, has always been around. And it was always a place where and again, the Facebook group and my Facebook page are different. So my Facebook page is just where I post photos of either my work or customer finishes. But the Facebook group is where everyone can post their photos of their completed sew sweetness bags. Or if they have a question or a general sewing related problem, they can post there. So it just gives everyone a chance to, to be heard and um, to give uh, feedback about other people's projects. And I feel like I have the most supportive Facebook group and I'm so thankful for that. And someone sent me a letter about that the other day. Um, and they said, you know, there's, there's negativity all over the internet, but, but somehow your Facebook group is free of that. Everybody's just so nice and there's no trolls and people aren't saying unkind things. And I feel like the group is only as strong as the members. And I'm, I'm just thankful that we have so many kind and active members who are willing to help either answer questions or just say nice things about bags that people have made. Um, 
Yeah, I agree. Your Facebook group. So when I first joined it, there maybe was like 4,000 members. And from the start, even when I just joined, people were very nice and welcoming um, right away. And then um, now I just looked <laughs> uh, before the call today, you have 39,000 members in your Facebook group. And it, I feel like that alone is a testament to the the positive nature of your group. And I'm pretty active in there, actually. And um, it's for that reason, because it's so easy to talk to anyone in there. Everyone, there's a lot of participation. And you see a lot of photos of great ideas. And I like you know, telling people that is so cool. I've not seen that before, or that looks great. And some people, like you said, have questions. And um, one of your members, even a couple of them actually, um, have just like graduated up to administrator. And Michelle, I'm talking about Michelle. (laughs) 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 And uh, she's so helpful. I I just um, adore her. She's she and Bronwyn are great. So um, I don't know, I just, I agree. I, I I talk about your Facebook group a lot. And just even you, so sweetness on my podcasts. And um, I mean, it's not I mean, I don't get anything from you at all. It's just that I love your business. And I love to talk about it, because I think it's really a great group to belong to. And it's positive and people start sewing your bag patterns that have never sewed before. And then um, I just heard someone on another podcast today, Katie Baker, I think is her Mm -hmm. name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She started in your Facebook group and now she has a whole business selling her bags and she, she has a niche where she does um, more like the vinyl and leathers and she free motion quilts them. Um, But yeah, so I was just thinking, wow, you know what, this is, this is all because, you know, that group fosters this. There's a lot of people that make your bag patterns. And it's nice that you allow them because some bag pattern makers don't allow that. And I think, you know, I think it's good that you do that and you allow them to sell um, what they make. Well, I think Katie Baker, and maybe I'm misquoting, but I think she's only been making bags for about a year. So yeah, um, to see her growing so fast and be so successful in selling her handmade bags is awesome. I know. And, um, I'm so excited for her. Yeah. She was on the Leah Day um, podcast. Yeah. But yeah, I listened to it. Yeah, yeah. I listened to it. It was great. So cool. Yep. So yeah, I mean, I just, um, I love your group and I agree with you. I think it's one of the best groups out there. And um, so, and then in addition to that, you do two weekly shows, Facebook Live, and it also goes on to YouTube Live. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And your Sunday show is um, it's um, where you review products, I think, and just yes. talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And that show is just you. Um, and that's on Sundays, every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then yes. um, at seven uh, central time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and then you have a Tuesday show called Ask Sarah. And that's also at 7 p.m. Um, so two different formats. But um this is now, how, how did you start doing this? And was it your idea? Or, you know, just I know that your husband helps you with this. And I think that he has added just so much value to your business. And I think you guys work well together as a pair. And um, I love that now your business has expanded to like a family business. It's really cool. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, we started doing the the live shows in June of 2018. So about a year and a half now. And my husband started doing this full time with me last uh, right before the holidays last year. So it's coming up on a year now. And he really helps me out so much because the whole technology side of the business is a huge amount to learn and a huge amount to take care of. And um, it's definitely, well, for, for us, at least it's a two person job, really. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he takes care of all the, the filming, the editing, the lighting. Um, he, he researches on new technologies so that we can be, you know, the first to, um, we'd like to live stream on Twitch also. Um, and I feel like that'll be coming up soon. Um, Ooh, and if you're not familiar, <laughs> if you're not familiar with Twitch, it's, Right now, it's heavy with the the computer and the video gamers. Um, they're live streaming that when they're playing the games. And uh, Twitch actually was bought out by Amazon, so they're owned by Amazon now. And it's just another live streaming platform. There are a few people on there um, that do sewing and quilting live streams, but not a lot. So I feel like that's an, an, the next area we'd like to get into. Oh, cool. Um, but just going where the people are watching, and I feel like everything changed once we start doing started doing the live shows and the videos. Uh, the Facebook group went from, I think before we started doing the videos, we were at 7,000. And like you said, we're almost at, um, I think 39,000 now. So mm-hmm. the videos were the game changer. The live shows were the game changer. And I feel like I really, I feel like before we started doing the live shows, I really didn't understand what people needed from me. And now based on um, emails that I get or comments, people leave during the live chats or, because people can leave comments in the live chat on Facebook or YouTube, either before the chat or while we're, while we're live or after we're live. And we put some of the comments and the questions live on the screen and I answer those in real time. But I feel like I really understand what people need. And I don't want to sound all emotional or, or weird, but I feel like people need so much more than sewing. Like they, they come, they, they use sewing as a way to have fun or to escape um, any kind of difficulty in their life, whether it be like just a small stress of going to work every day, or if something major is happening in their life where they're dealing with mental or physical roadblocks, I guess you could say. And I feel like there's an opportunity for uh, us to help a lot of people, not only teaching them to sew a bag, but just sort of be there almost for them, like for the live shows. Um, Mm -hmm. so we have the holidays coming up. Um, and I'm not sure when the show will go live, but you know, Christmas day falls on one of our live show days and so does new year's day. And Mm -hmm. it's a real struggle. Like if we're going to do the live show or not. And I really, I'm veering on the side of, I want to do the live show and show up for those people that I feel like need us that, you know, might not have family or they just have trouble connecting with people and, and they need, and they need their sewing fix and they need, need us to show up like when we're, we're used to showing up for our shows. And so Again, I don't mean to sound corny, but I just, I've no. come to realize that yeah. that's, that's what it's become for us almost. Yeah, it's, I, I have noticed that too, because I, I try to watch as many of those as I can. And I've heard you read some of the letters and um, it's true. It's just, if, if you really just, you know, think about it, it's, it, I mean, it could really, you know, I've, I've cried over a couple of those and um, it's, I just think, wow, you know, not only are Sarah and Danny, you know, building this great business and company, but um, 
they really care about the people who are in their community. And you put you devote time to that you, you do this in your live shows. Um, you welcome all the emails. Um, and, um, you know, I've sent you some emails. And I mean, you guys always return them so timely. And um, yeah, I just, I just think that that's like one of the reasons why I just always want to talk about you guys because it's, it's, there's, unfortunately, I mean, those types of companies are few and far between. Although in our industry, I think it's a little bit more common, but um, I think it makes it matters and it makes a difference, like you said. So, and I didn't even think about that because I've been watching <laughs> your last couple of shows, and it's it's been a quandary about you know are there going to be shows on the holidays or will there not be shows? And I was at first thinking like, no, you give yourself a break, take a because I'm taking a two week break off the podcast. <laughs> 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 and I didn't even think about it until you just said it right now that there are probably people out there that are looking forward to it that really are like, you know, need this in their life. So that that's really, um, I, wow, I just didn't even think about that. But that's true. So and you are very dedicated to that. I, I think that also helps, um, you know, because you're so consistent. And you do those shows no matter what. Um, and they're always great, and they're always filled with useful information. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's I, I do look forward to those shows, and I know a ton of other people do as well. So I just wanted to really, um, you know, showcase that in the podcast, and you know, um, talk about it. So, well, I was um, thinking, I was thinking even this morning before you called me that. Um, not everyone uses social media like we do. Like, you know, we finish a project and we post a picture of it on Instagram, on Facebook, everywhere else. Some people, they might not even take pictures of their finished bag. And so if they're not doing that, where else can they be heard, you know, mm -hmm. and where else can they feel like they're part of something? And I feel like the show, our shows give a, other people a chance to be a part of something, even if they're not super active online, like they can still feel like, all right, I'm, you know, part of the community. And we do our call outs for, you know, the bag ladies and bag dudes to let us know in the comments. And, you know, just anybody can feel part of it. And no matter what their skill level and what their comfort level, and they don't have to post pictures of their bags that they're making every day, and they could still be mm -hmm. there's, they're still in it with us, you know, true, so true. And I've even noticed some people um, join your groups, they watch the shows before they even um, start sewing. Um, and, and then once they have sewn, they're so happy to post a picture of their first bag. Um, mm -hmm. it's so amazing. It's so much fun. I love seeing that. And even some people that, um, have had to stop their sewing just for temporarily because they've, you know, had some health issue or something. I think I just saw <laughs> a, a couple of days ago, maybe there was, wasn't there someone on the Facebook posted that they like hit a moose with their car? I saw that picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That was crazy. That looked really frightening just it seeing did. the damage on the car. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. But yeah, she's like, I'm going to still watch the shows and, you know, <laughs> hang out with everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. Fun. It's so much fun. And then on Tuesdays, um, your husband, Danny, joins the show, Ask Sarah. And that's hilarious. And people love to like, you know, tease him and stuff like that, because sometimes he looks a little cranky. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny because he's the one that chooses the comments and the questions to go up on the screen. So clearly he has to be looking at his computer and focusing on choosing because there's so many comments that come through. And 
most of them are not even questions. They're just comments about, um, oh, I like that fabric or or whatever, you know. So he's got to really search for the questions so that I can answer some questions on the show. And um, it, it's really hard to stay animated and be talking to me while he's trying to find that stuff. Right. So I think some people, I think it comes across differently than what's really happening but you know he's he's all in and he he likes being on the show with me so um. yeah it's fun I like the dynamic it's really cool and I feel like he has um kind of had an influence on bad dudes joining don't you think that yeah there's there's a bunch of guys that watch the show and I know that there's um not necessarily, not all the guys that watch the show actually sew. Sometimes they're just watching with their wife, you know, so they have something to do together. They watch the show together. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know. There's there's projects that can be fun for guys to make. There's a, there's a gentleman who, I don't know if you watched the show recently, but um, he bought his wife, Linda, a Juki for Christmas. And he wanted me to surprise her on the show and let her know that she was getting the sewing machine. Yes, I heard that. And so, <laughs> and so I did. And, um, he let me know, we had a, you know, bunch of emails back and forth. Um, but he makes these, um, after an injury, his wife taught him how to sew. And so he embroiders these welders caps that he sells and they're like, they have skulls on them and like, uh, you know, bones and flames. And they're like really, mm-hmm like doodly, you know, doodly yeah. welders caps. And, uh, you know, he taught himself this skill and it's, I mean, there's a market for it and he's doing really well with it. And, um, it's something that they can do together, like a hobby that they share, which I think is great. Oh yeah. That's awesome. That is so cool. Nice. So yeah, I, I do know that there's more, that there's a lot more bag dudes joining and I think they even challenged, um, Danny to, to do a slow along with them. <laughs> But he he has to make his first bag first. <laughs> well, he of course he chose um, an upcoming pattern that I'm working on. Um, it's a sling backpack, like a one side a one strap backpack, and he's like, "Yeah, that's going to be my first one." And I was like, "I really think you should start with something easier because you've only really made a quilt, and yeah, not that my patterns are impossible, but like you're kind of shooting for the stars here." Is what I, I told know. him. Yeah, and he was like, "Nope, <laughs> not happening." <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they just have to find out on their own. Yes. (laughs) Speaking of, you do. So this episode will um, publish in the middle of January. So that'll be right before your next release um, of a pattern bundle, right? Yes. um, I'm shooting for the end of January. We we try to be flexible so as not to create stress in the household, but... (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I have the new sling backpack and um, that'll be part of the next four pack video bundle. Um, So what that is, is four PDF patterns, um, four brand new videos that haven't been released so far. And I'm I'm shooting for two brand new patterns in this bundle. So the sling backpack and I I just finished writing a pattern yesterday for a knitting bag, which I think a knitting or crochet bag, um, which I think will be really cool. I'm excited about that one, too. I am, too, because... um, I just um, there's a there's a um, YouTube channel I watch and I just had her on the podcast. It, it went up last week. Um, uh, Irina from Sugar Edu. She designs. She's in the Netherlands and she designs designs quilt patterns, foundation paper piecing. But she also does this crochet, and she makes these cute little animals. It's called amigurumi. It's like a Japanese okay. term for yeah, yeah. crochet in the round. And she says that it's only a single stitch, like it's like you could do it, and I'm going to try it. But yeah, so I'm like, oh, this is cool. So I can have because I was already thinking I already ordered like a bunch of these little mini 
um, yarns, um, like they're like min, like not a full skein of yarn, but like the midi ones. And I'm like, oh, what? I I need something to like organize all this stuff. And then you know, there's the crochet hooks and other stuff. So that'll that'll come around at a good time for me, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I always wanted to make those cute little animals um, via crochet, and I just have a hard time getting into different um, areas of crafting besides sewing because there's there's only so much time in the day, you know? I know. Um, but I, know. I would love to make so many different things. And I feel like, I don't know if you are too, but I feel like I'm a huge kit buyer. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a kit for a project, I, I love buying kits and I feel like I'm more likely to actually start on the project if I have all the all the items and the tools in the kit rather than um, as a newbie to certain crafts. I feel like it's overwhelming sometimes to have to find all the different supplies and is this the right mm-hmm. thing? And um, I just love, I love kits. Yeah. And um, for quilting, I'm not that way, but um, the, this, um, I did buy a kit for the little felt bear that I just made last week. And you're right. I could finish, I start and finish and everything was in there that I needed. So it was easy. And it was a little, it was like a little bear, a little felt bear, and it was all hand stitched. And I just did it on a Sunday afternoon and um, thank goodness it was keeping my hands busy because I was so anxious. We were watching the Bears game <laughs> <laughs> and I really am into it. Like I love football. And um, so and then my husband gets so animated in these games. So then he adds another level of stress because my dog and I are jumping every time he's like screaming at the TV. My husband does the same thing. And I'm like, really, do you have to scream so loud? We can hear you upstairs. I and- know. I can hear you at Soldier Field. Stop it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it was that game was crazy because they went into overtime and the Bears ended up losing, but it wasn't a bad loss, but it was so it was just so like um nail biting. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. So I was just so glad I'm like, thank goodness I like my hands are busy and I'm like this, <laughs> you know, blanket stitch thing to do on this bear and I got it all done. <laughs> Awesome. But, but yeah, that was a kit. And um, so yeah, I'm going to try this amigurumi. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you how it, it Oh, yeah. It goes yeah, please because, do. Because um, I, I, I told her, I'm like, well, if it's a simple, you know, she does videos on YouTube as well. And she does a really good job. And it looked like I could do it. And she said, it's only a single stitch. So it's just a matter of increasing and decreasing. And those oh, cool. they are so cute. And she they does, are. Yeah. And she does kits and stuff like that um, with those. So Okay, yeah, I'll have to check that cool. out. Yeah. But yeah, so that knitting crochet bag might come in handy for those supplies. So that's great. So you have a new bundle coming out, you know, somewhere around the uh, end of January. And I'm going to post all of this stuff on my show notes, like links to all of your places, your your website and stuff like that. You do a newsletter too, don't you? Um, people can sign up um, to... I do. Yeah. If you go to my website, um, we have a tab at the top for a newsletter sign up and you get a free um, project bag sewing pattern. And we have a free video to go along with that as well um, for newslet- newsletter subscribers. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. I try to send out a newsletter. I wish I was better at sending out the newsletter, but I feel like our live shows is really how we reach people the best. And so yeah. I'm a little, I admit I'm a little uh, lax with the newsletter these days, but it's okay. <laughs> but that's okay. Because when I see a newsletter from you in my inbox, then to me, I'm like, Oh, there's something new coming out or she's announced it, you know, like there's something that I know is going to be like, because sometimes if I get I, I'm on a lot of newsletters, and yeah, me you know, too. there's certain ones that I really will read. <laughs> there's other ones that yeah. I'm just like, oh, it's too much. I can't. So yeah, I, it, I think it's okay to, you know, do your newsletter selectively. And when you really have something to say, um, they are a lot of work, 
Uh, so, but um, your newsletter. What else was I going to say? Um, your your shows. Um, oh, I was going to say that um, the pattern that comes when you sign up for your newsletter is that I made it. It's the um, the little craft tote. Oslo, Oslo craft bag. Oslo. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. I made it as a garden bag for my mom. Um, for her birthday last year out of um, outdoor fabric and it turned out great. I love it. It's so funny how people have adapted that for so many different things like a diaper, like a changing station diaper tote type of bag for baby showers or like you said, Mm -hmm. a gardening bag. So I only thought of it for like holding yarn or knitting needles, but there's so many other different things that people have been doing with that bag. Yeah, definitely. I've seen a ton of, of cool um, versions of that bag and it's quite useful. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a nice design. And I mean, there's just a ton of pieces <laughs> to cut out, Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> but then once that's done, it goes together like a snap. I mean, it's pretty cool. I like it. And I just wanted to note that too, because you, you give out a lot of free patterns, um, which is also very generous. And I think it helps give people um, an in into starting to sew and to get used to your patterns and no at a no risk. And then, I mean, so many people have started with the Baker Street bag, and that's a free pattern. And um, you have a yep. video with that too, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's so cool. I haven't made that one yet. But I made the Oreo bag. Um, and that's another one. So I think it's really just... Um, it's inviting to people to just come and try making bags. So, so many people will say, oh, I, I just, I don't have the, I, I can't make a bag. It's just too, too hard, but it, it's, it's not. So I always encourage people to like, try, just give it a try. Yeah. I think especially if you break down the steps or even just watch the video first, it really is manageable. Like I'm not in the video. There's nothing that too crazy that I'm asking you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Like you mentioned earlier, you're going to measure down three inches And then you're going to stitch a line or, you know what I mean? Like it's, Mm -hmm. if you break it down, you can do it. Anybody can do it. Yeah. And I've really gotten spoiled with your videos because, you know, even when I know how to make the bags, I'll still put them on because I just like (laughs) having it there. And you remind, you remind me to switch my stitch from a, you know, switch your long stitch back to your normal stitch. And I'm like, that's right. I got to do that. (laughs) So you know what's so funny? Helpful. Like at the beginning, at the beginning, I was like, "Oh, should I keep saying this that I'm changing the stitch length?" That yes. just seems really redundant. But you know what? I would forget it myself, so I'm like, you know, I'm just going to say it and whatever, uh, whatever you want to take from it, it, it's there if you need it. You know? <laughs> no, it's great. I love it because sometimes I can get so involved with what I'm doing, and then it's so easy to forget to switch your stitch, and then mm-hmm. and then it you're is. like, oh great, I got to rip this out and <laughs> redo it or yeah. whatever. So yep. no, I I like it. I love your videos, and um, I think they're they're definitely I they they're very helpful, and there's always little nuggets of technique in there that you will not get with the PDF patterns. So I. I, I think that everyone should get the videos with the patterns. That's just my little. Yeah. I, th- I think that's why we don't fast forward really in the videos at all. Because like you said, maybe somebody will see me how I'm holding the fabric a certain way. Or if I smooth it out with my finger, I might not like specifically say that. But if you see me doing it in the video, you're like, oh, maybe you make a connection about something that'll make mm-hmm. some some of your sewing easy for easier for you in some way. And Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we just don't fast forward stuff. You could see me doing everything in real time as far as sewing the project. And um, mm-hmm. that's just how we like to do it, I guess. Yeah, it really does. So that's really cool. Um, all right. Well, 
I I could talk to you all day, but I know <laughs> you've got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> um, so is there anything else you want to just talk about? If there's anything else you have coming out or coming up or... I think you hit on all the points. I'm just uh, for 2019. I'm just working at, on new patterns. And of course, we want to keep putting out as many videos as we can, because I feel like that's um, the way to help people the best that we can. So um, yeah, just more videos. And oh, wait, I, I didn't mention though that you did an, at the end of October release a second bundle of 13 patterns called Minikins 2. So we did. I, you know, it's so funny. It feels so long ago already, even though it was only <laughs> a couple of months, like ago. six weeks. Yeah, yeah not even. Yeah, <laughs> not even two months. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Minikin season two came out end of October 2018 and it's 13 videos and 13 PDF patterns. And they're mostly like accessory type projects. Like there's a couple makeup bags. There's three wallets. Um what else is in there? Oh, a, a cooler. Um, there's grocery bags. Oh, so I the tried to essential put, oil like, useful. bags. Yeah. Oh, the essential. Yeah, the essential oil case. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. in there too. I want to make um, those. I, yeah, I tried to make specific projects that would be good for holding different things, or like the pic- the you know picnic in the park cooler bag. You know, you can mm-hmm. put your hot you know cold drinks in there. Um, I tried to come up with projects like that this time because Minikin season one was all small pouches and accessories. And I just tried Mm -hmm. to, I guess, sort of take it up a a notch this time. Oh, yeah, I think you did for sure. I haven't gotten mine yet, because I need to focus on what I need to get done by the end of the year. But (laughs) (laughs) it will be I will be getting it for sure. Um, But yeah, I I love um, that, you know, you did. That's another way you utilize your shows, because you you gave little previews every week of each of the new projects on there. So it gives people Mm -hmm. a really good idea of what um, what they are and you have finished samples of them. So yeah, really nice. Um, so Thank that's you. a really good bundle and it comes with the patterns and the videos all yes. in one, mm-hmm. which is yep. great. Okay. Thank you, Sarah, so much. I've had just a lovely time talking with you and um, so maybe we could do it again down the road. Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, I wasn't, you know, it's so funny. I'm usually nervous talking on the phone, but this was just great. Thank you. Oh, good. I'm glad. All right. Thank you so much, Sarah, from uh, So Sweetness. And t- say hi to Danny for me. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> okay. Stephanie. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. So now you can see why I love So Sweetness so much. Wasn't she wonderful? I mean, this is an amazing entrepreneur and a woman-owned business. Now um, her family's in the business and it has grown leaps and bounds and provides not only a wonderful, usable you know, product with her patterns and um, her online shop, but um, just like what we talked about, just, you know, happiness and a, a community, a safe and friendly community for people to um, really get to know each other um, and other people that love to do the same thing that that we love to do, which is sewing and sewing bags. So I really thank Sarah for coming on to my show. And um, I mean, 
It, it, it's wonderful. I, I'm so lucky that um, I was able to go to her last uh, retreat here back in um, September. And I was able to meet her kids. And let me tell you, those kids are little you know, entrepreneurs in the making, so professional, they were so on point and friendly, they were working the um, reception table, um, you know, getting our name tags out to us and our, our um, little coupon tags for our free cork. uh, That was kind of part of our uh, swag uh, bag item. So um, yeah, just a truly great uh, family. And um, yeah, I cannot wait to see what comes out in 2019. And when this episode airs on the 31st, I believe it is when she is going to um, release her new four pack bundle of patterns with videos. Nope, nope, nope. That is incorrect. I checked with Sarah uh, just a day or so ago, and uh, the the pattern bundle is going to be released very, very soon, probably within the next week, but not on the 31st. So sorry, I just didn't want to give any wrong information, but keep your eye out. Sign up for Sarah's newsletter because um, that will always let you know when she has new pattern releases and new video releases and so forth. All right. And those uh, four-pack bundles are usually for only a limited time, like maybe a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, they are at a great price um, because they include the videos. And after that time, they will still be available, but you w- purchase um, the patterns either separately from the videos or together. So, um, you know, I like that because they still are available. So maybe if you don't want all four of the patterns in the bundle, then you can just pick and choose which ones you want. Uh, so um, I am going to have links for all of the stuff we talked about in my show notes. And after we got... Um, you know, I was editing the show, I looked up that Amy Butler style stitches book, because I didn't have that one. And it was published in 2010. So I found a copy, and it should be coming to me, oh, by the time that this um, airs. But Anyway, um, I will put a link. There is a Kindle version on Amazon. So I'm going to link to that in case you have any interest. And I will also have links. Oh, from that Amy Butler style stitches book, Sarah did a blog post back in 2010 on the Cosmos bag. So I'm going to put a link to that so you can see, you know, kind of is cool too, just to see one of Sarah's earlier blog posts and uh, from 2010, which is kind of the year where, where she started the blog. Um, so that's, that's really fun and interesting. Um, and what else? Uh and actually, she did blog posts for every bag in that book. I went back and looked through her blog. So uh, take a look at that. It's it's really cool. There's one more thing. Uh, Sarah just announced that she is starting this six-month book club. And it sounds really cool because she is, um, this is going to be done. You don't have to sign up for it. You can just participate. And uh, starting on February 12th, that's going to be where she announces the first book. And um, 
on her uh, weekly um, live shows. So uh, make sure you tune on that. And and it's very easy to find her on these live shows because you can either watch her on YouTube or uh, Facebook Live. And um, from what I understand, she is going to be also um, a free project each month to kind of go with these books that we're reading. So that is really cool. Check it out. I'm going to put a link to uh, where she um, has the information for this six month book club. Um, So I'm really excited about that. All right. That's all for this week. And I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope that those of you who are in the freezing cold (laughs) territories right now, stay warm and just remember spring is hopefully right around the corner in a couple of months. All right. Bye. And don't forget, subscribe, rate and review Make and Decorate. It really, really helps.